Welcome to the Digication Scholars Conversation Series. I'm your host, Joan Watson. In this episode, you'll hear part two of my conversation with Clarence Chan from LaGuardia Community College in Queens, New York. More links and information about today's conversation can be found on Digication's Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Full episodes of the Digication Scholars Conversation Series can be found on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. What do you feel has been the greatest challenge when implementing portfolio use? And that can be from among your students and and colleagues, because I know sometimes colleagues are a bigger challenge sometimes than students. But just in terms of getting um, getting the idea out there that it is a valuable tool consistent with the pedagogy. Challenge is always there. I mean, again, whether it's technology or learning itself, you know, that's to be expected. Uh, over the years, I think, again, and I don't think it's unique to our experience, uh, it's been uh, having both the student buy-in as well as, you know, to initially establish an overall you know, among colleagues and, and my faculty team to, you know, and I have to say, I mean, for us, it's already fortunate because of the nature of our profession, perhaps, or people mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, we have that, you know, this more or less a selective group of students where they understand that uh, whether they like it or not, or they think that is useful for them or not, they know it's part of their learning, and 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 again, it's also a little bit of nature of healthcare provider. You know, we are pretty good uh, rule follower, if you will, and 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 you know, because hey, there's so much. You know, we we live with so much regulations and and and, and you know, nature of healthcare in general. That you know, if 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 you ask them to do it, you know, uh, they'll do it. You know, whether they understand it or not, or they like it or not. So I think. In some way, my faculty team, in some ways, is, is similar in that way. Uh, but through time, I think if you do it consistent enough, and and, and you know, hopefully, uh, able to put some meaning behind why we do what we do, mm-hmm. that I think trying to capture more of that buy-in. Uh, it's, it's, it's the key and, and it will, I, I don't think it will totally, you know, eliminate that challenge, but, but I think that's always been the tough one that I think trying to get, because for us also, and of course, having spending years of talking to so many colleagues around the country, even around the world, uh, when it comes to the, the portfolio experience, a lot of people, the, uh, talks about the, the biggest challenge being having administrative support or having the resources and and the infrastructure. Uh, I have to say, being in LaGuardia, if you want to do portfolio, you know, and and it's not, you know, all kidding aside, literally the school will pay you to do it. And and that's a fact. I mean, we get, you know, stipends, we get support, we get professional development. And for years we, we have, uh, a structure in place, and and then for anybody that wants to do it and wants to further their their understanding and, and usage, uh, we get all kinds of support, you know, from 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 the very top, all the way to, very you know, good. IT. We have a team of technology mentors. We have 
I mean, literally, if I have, I in fact, I'm still doing that every semester when I bring in a new cohort of students, even if they have never heard of the word ePortfolio, we always set up orientation sessions. The school will provide us with technology mentors and, uh, you know, even, you know, even if you need one-on-one support, both for the faculty and for individual students, the school is willing to provide all of that. If that's you, you, all you got to do just to say, hey, I want to try this. I want to play with this and I want to see how it's going to support my, you know, teaching. Uh, you know, we, we, we doesn't, you know, we, we almost never got any pushback from it. So in that sense, I really can't say, you know, we, we struggle that much in that regard. So it, I think the own, so therefore the biggest challenge really is, uh, you know, whether or not people want to do it. And then once people, for those who want to do it, honestly, the other biggest challenge is really time. Right. Yeah. That's true. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. I, I know that I have certainly students who told me it's not they don't want to do it or they don't see the value to it. It just, look, right. you're killing us with all the exam. You're killing us <laughs> to learn how to become a therapist in 18 months. The uh, reality of student yeah. life. Yes. I just absolutely. can you know, it's just too many plates to juggle. Sure, and I think that's, sure. That element of it is real, whether it's for student or for all of us, you know, the same Absolutely. way. I mean, you know, I, it took me many years to, to, to build on the portfolio of my own. And, and, and I, I know how much time it takes. And, and certainly every time I look at it, it's like, oh, it look ugly. Or, oh, I need to update. No. <laughs> things didn't work. Or, uh, yep. Yeah, yeah. It's a time, I would say. That's, that's the other biggest Good. thing. Yeah, which I think is really interesting, too, because given all of those life variables that exist outside of what we want to impart to our students and the the things we give them to do because it's good for them, the fact that, you know, portfolios like Willie's, like yours, um, and then we're going to talk about your your accreditation portfolio here in just a minute, the, there's a testament there that when things come out of portfolio where people do take that time, it really does speak volumes about, wow, that was time that was well worth it. And I know that we all have different allocation processes with our time, but I think that um, the things that you have as, as lasting artifacts of these different moments, whether it's your own professional portfolio or those that your students have created, it's really nice to have those, you know, for, for the long term. Um, so let me now kind of, move over to this idea about your accreditation success. So first of all, congratulations, because assessment is a bugaboo for everybody. You know, it's a a reality that we all face. And especially in professional programs that have these different external accreditors, Mm -hmm. you know, institutions have their own um, masters to to please. Mm -hmm. But for um, especially the the medical and, and health science related disciplines, there are lots of accrediting bodies who are always watching. Mm-hmm. So can you tell us how you used portfolios for that process? And we can pull up your portfolio if you'd like. Yeah. Well, first of all, I think, you know, follow up on what we just mentioned earlier. I think one is having the uh, availability of uh, something like, you know, what we have in, in terms of e-portfolio. It's an incredible luxury. You know, it, it's a luxury that, 
I have to say, again, going back in terms of time, for instance, it, it, it's, a, it, you know, it's a luxury some people cannot afford. So, you know, so in that sense, I, I always feel that we are fortunate enough that we have this available to us. So when it, you know, in fact, this started, of course, a couple of years back when we were preparing for the, you know, reaccreditation, that I know I need to have another platform, another way to kind of both organize the information that needed to be shared. Mm-hmm. But also in a way, I think it, especially for LaGuardia, it's always been heralded as uh, one of our signature pedagogy for our mm. members. And so in some way, I also feel that we need to represent. And, sure. And, and uh, you know, if we talk about how much we utilize portfolio for student learning and to support pedagogy and, and it's a programmatic requirement and all that, so I feel that it's just so natural that therefore we should also uh, have a, a way to utilize the portfolio to, if nothing else, just to, to showcase, to share with the accreditation body, uh, along with, of course, the, 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 you know, it doesn't replace any of their required elements. That, that. Mm-hmm. So again, the luxury of it is that, yeah, I mean, in addition to fulfilling all of their requirement documentations and all the uh, pieces that needs to be put in place, it comes in the whole big volumes that, that you know, uh, you know, f- now, of course, it's all digitized. But uh, years ago, we actually, I mean, I remember 10 years ago, the previous uh, accreditation, uh, we actually have to create boxes of files, three carton of boxes and go to the post office and ship it to them. And meantime, oh the team come to on site, they carry those boxes on the airplane and fly wow. to our campus and to, 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 to verify all those information. So now, of course, it's all digitized. So that obviously didn't change. It just other than the fact that it's all, you know, in a digital format. But beyond that, I feel that you know, if I really want to highlight and showcase or to, to really clarify some of the information that when the team are here and always even prior to arriving, that, hey, let me show you this. And that's what prompted I created a, a separate portfolio just for the purpose of accreditation uh, to give them all the pieces that they need to show them uh, a little bit about the school, a little bit about our health science department, and then narrow down into you know the specifics of looking at the program, our organizations, the faculty qualification, faculty development, their professional development experience, and then uh, kind of cap it off with again showcasing you know a, a student's portfolio to let them see. If they, you know, I forget ultimately, I think they, you know, with all the technicality and formality, if you will, it still comes down to one single question. You know, is this a good program? Are we helping our student? Are student learning what they need to right. learn? And that's yeah. really what, whether you call it assessment or not. I mean, that's that's really, that's the ultimate outcome. It, Absolutely. You know, whether or not yes. students are learning. So, uh, so I think these are all the ways that we can, uh, kind of express ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, Very good. And it did yeah. came in handy, of course, because the when the team arrive on campus, they have four days essentially doing accreditation visits. 
and they are on campus through that time. Obviously, the team also go through reams and reams of documentations and, and, sure. and review because I'm actually an on-site accreditor myself. So mm-hmm. I know the, the pain and the fun that behind you know, <laughs> yeah. evaluating a program. So, right. uh, you know, so I want to to have a vehicle so that give them as much information, as much you know, appreciation of the program as possible. Mm-hmm. And I always learn and began being as as an as a reviewer myself the more information i can make it easily accessible and digestible and meaningful to a reviewer chances are you know you have less question you have less issue you have less uh, challenges that uh, you know so those little bit of extra work that I put in and, you know, it's not that little, you know, it took me a long time, <laughs> right. uh, like any, any work put together. But I think that extra piece uh, allow us to really put the accreditor at ease and seeing, okay, you know, this stuff is real. We didn't, we're not just creating a bunch of fake document just to uh, make believe. So these are, again, real tangible uh you know, it's nothing like pictures and, 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 you know, again, that digital way of, you know, featuring uh, information, especially those that appreciate it and, and, and the like that kind of, you know, mode of communication. Uh, right. I think, you know, it takes away some of their guesswork and minimize some of their doubts and questions. You know, not necessarily right. because we have anything to hide. I mean, certainly, you know, we do have a strong program we, and we've been blessed with really great set of faculties that yeah. uh then and also great students so uh so if nothing else the portfolio just feature those pieces of it so that the accreditation process can go on a little smoother and uh if nothing else i think it's just less boring and just looking at <laughs> sure just a bunch of papers and documents and, and text, text and text, you know. Exactly. Yeah. And it gives a nice, um, you know, remnant too for for the team that they can look back and be thoughtful yeah. and explore yeah. links yeah. and things like that. Did you get some good feedback from, from your um, site visit about the portfolio? Did they, they comment they, on You know, it's funny. Of all the things, and certainly as I say, they got got the information they need and they appreciate the, you know, you know, what's being, you know, featured and, and you know, so that, that uh, you know, I think that aspect, they certainly uh, appreciate it. Actually, they really only have one comment and one question in some way that, that oh. I had to respond to was, uh, what was the, you know, because I was saying that because the, the student own and student-driven portfolio. Uh, right. So immediately, and I think it was interesting because uh, one of the accreditor, her background, you know, she has legal background. She's also a lawyer. So oh, yeah. She's a, she's a DPT as well as a lawyer. So her, interesting. her <laughs> question, you know, and the only question about the portfolio is, you know, it's in terms of privacy and legality and the mm-hmm. ownership which of right. course, you know, which is logical, and and I think it's it's a it's an absolutely appropriate question, and that uh, you know we able to you know of course, you know, obviously, education have you know a set of guidelines and, and and usage as far as privacies and not that dissimilar to you know many of the social platform in that sense, 
but I think the it, it is something that not just the program, I think across the college as well as I think you know anybody who's involved in any aspect of of, of uh, using portfolio as another media uh, to share education that uh, the issue of you know ownership, the issue of uh, privacy as well as you know how ultimately the information being used and being shared and all being um, taken. You know, uh, a question and concerns that, you know, I have certainly continued dialogue with our teams on campus, at, at, you know, campus-wide, but also talking to colleagues. And, and of course, I'm talking to, you know, folks at education and to Jeff. And, you know, these are things that, yeah, we constantly need to think about. Uh, and in some way, I, I can't say that we can resolve all of it and, and some of it. Still, you know, I, even for myself, uh, I'm not 100% clear in terms of what is the best way. I mean, I don't know if there is a guaranteed right. way of, of addressing, you know, all the different aspects of using, you know, social, you know, platform in some way. You know, the more flexibility, the more availability you make it and certainly... Therefore, you know, it's like any any powerful tool, you know, it has this element of danger, you know. Indeed. Whether it's fire yes. or nuclear energy, you know. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. And it's another point of learning, too, for students. And I find particularly in, in health science-related fields, you have a whole different, you know, you have HIPAA to consider. Mm-hmm. And so the things that, so the student owns the portfolio, but then the, the things that the student chooses to display in the portfolio also need to be mm-hmm. very carefully guarded. Yes, yes. So there, thing, we definitely make it very explicit to, to yeah. Yes, yes. Up, yeah. And yeah. which is interesting because that's a whole other layer of, you know, information literacy. Mm-hmm. And um, all of these sort of things kind of coalesce into a really good learning opportunity. Part mm-hmm. of that. Yep exploration and discovery right <laughs> right dr yep, chan yep, just absolutely. always <laughs> absolutely for students <laughs> you, know, you know i i our curriculum i saw them off as one of the very first course is medical ethics and legal oh nice and yes. i always tell them it's a six weeks course i say it's hopefully six weeks from now you will have more questions and more doubts and you will know less than you thought you knew when you first came in to the program. And if if that's how you feel at the end, then I know then 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 you you know, we've done a little something for you. And and because that's really the goal. Like you're saying having the opportunity to explore, I mean, even the worst experience, you know, in, in learning, it's still a learning experience. And that's true whether it's you know, learning a subject matter or technique or, or using a technology platform or going to clinical and working with a, a you know, a patient that you're really not comfortable with or having a clinical instructor that you can't get along with. I say this, I don't care how bad that experience been, you learn something. And, and, yes. and that is still a learning experience that uh, that's valuable. Absolutely. Absolutely. I really appreciate your time today. You've, you've given us lots of things to think about, lots of really good stuff. Um, before I close, though, I'd like to ask you, um, anyone who's listening, um, 
Can you give some advice about using e-portfolios for teaching, learning, or assessment? What advice would you give folks? Uh, it goes back to, I think, really one very simple element. In order for somebody to want to do something, they have to believe that it's meaningful. It has to be something that, uh, let's say, we have to convince people, why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. You know, And if you can give people that meaning, uh, I think the rest, they're going to go discover. They're going to go, you know, again, explore and, and even experiencing challenges that they say. You know, but if they know why they're doing it, if this is what they want, then they'll, they'll go get back up and go get some more and try some something new again. I think in terms of the nuts and bolts, I think for the big, you know, for the people that are uh, in the beginning or, or a program or even a campus, couple of things I've learned over the years and, and having worked with different campuses as well is that uh, you, you got to start out small and you got to start out slow and have patience with it, just like any learning, you know, it's going to take time and, and you know, expect challenges. And, uh, you know, and, and I think the, the best way to really at least minimize some of that is to, to have some early adapter that, you know, just simply embrace it like most things, you know, you know, that, that process that there's always going to be some people who, you know, they always say, you know, why their people have to be the first one to watch Star Wars. So they're willing to stand in line <laughs> for, for overnight, you know, so there will always be those people that are excited about something new and want to explore and those explorer that, uh, you know, take advantage of those, you know, you know, and, and assemble that limited number of, members of the team to kind of start developing and building. I think that's the best way to start. And then for places or, or, or campus or, or programs that really want to take that to scale, that I think the only real way to do this is to have really a team approach that everything from administrations to IT to having the resources and of course, the faculty, you know, buy-in and all of that, you know, to be able to assemble all of those. Um, I think that's really the only way, you know, you can sustain it and to continue to refine and further that movement uh, for whatever that. But again, behind it, it still comes down to if it doesn't meet the needs, if it doesn't have a purpose and doesn't give people meaning on why you're doing it, uh, then none of that matters. Right. Yeah. Very good. Yes. Excellent. And it needs to be congruent with that pedagogy for sure. Thank you, Clarence, so much. It's been really lovely speaking with you. And I hope that we can talk with you again in the future about other things. Sure, sure. And, uh, you know, <laughs> and that you'll keep on keeping on. We'll do. We'll do. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we'll be happy to, uh, you know, be part of that learning process and continue to, you know, develop, you know, both the pedagogy behind it and, uh, you know, th- again, supporting, you know, student learning in whatever way we can. Yeah. That's terrific. And thank you so much for your many contributions to the ePortfolio community at large. Um, I'll make sure that we put your a link to your recent article in a prominent spot so folks can have a look at that, um, as well as share the portfolios that you've shared with us today. Sure. Thank you. Thank you so much. And you stay well. Take care. Thank you. You too.
The Digication Scholars Conversation Series is brought to you by Digication, a technology platform powering the most innovative e-portfolio programs in K-12 and higher education. Our website can be found at digication.com. This episode was produced by Drew Albanicius. If you enjoyed today's conversation, please subscribe and leave a review on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcasting app. Thanks for listening.